You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. Welcome back to the, your latest Blast of the Past with Asia Visited. This week we talk about a little film that came out on August 7th, 1985 called Real Genius. And let me tell you, this this week was a, a the, one of the best weeks and worst weeks in the history of one of our good neighbors to the east, Japan. And let me tell you why. They had just chosen their first astronauts. Mm. But then a few days later on August 12th, their flight 123 crashes in Japan and killed 520 people and is the worst single aircraft disaster in history. Jeez. So they were okay. sending they were sending people to the greatest heights. Right. But then right here on Earth they lost 520 people. Oh. So our condolences Jeez. to everybody in Japan. But however, there was another bomb. Oh, not a bomb. Sorry. Ooh. Yeah, a little too sorry. Too soon. Yeah, a little too <laughs> soon. In the box office, a real genius. Although it did star one of our favorite actors of all time, Val Kilmer, and we'll be talking about that this week, along with briefly touching on the Star Wars Holiday Special, some emails, and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and also why you're hearing this on Sunday or Monday. All coming up on 80s Revisit. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Well. I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Yes, you are, Doc Holliday, because Chris Knight, in real genius, is not my huckleberry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Welcome back to a brand new Blast from the Past with 80s Revisited. I'm your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my own Huckleberry, Doc Sedgley. Yes, I am. That's right. And we're going to talk this week about our, our third and final impromptu science-themed episode, Real Genius, which came out August 7th, 1985. And, of course, the intro, we normally like to do something from the movies, but to be perfectly honest and to spoil this entire opinion of this podcast, I didn't care for this movie that much. And this is a much better Val Kilmer movie to talk about. So, but not in the eighties. But let's just let's just get out of the, the way. First time isn't Tombstone a, a great movie? Hundred and whatever episodes later. Yep. <laughs> Eventually, in nineties, revisited and we're out of eighties movies. Yeah. Tombstone will be the first one we'll cover. There you go. So, but anyway, Real Genius, however, was released August seventh, nineteen eighty-five. IMDb, strangely enough, gives it a seven. Mm. Rotten Tomatoes, seventy-five percent critics, eighty-three percent audience. Uh, couldn't find any inform- concrete information on a budget. However, it did open at 2.5, which put it at number 7th for its opening week. Remember, seventh. it opened the same week as Weird Science, which was number 6, but Back to the Future was still number 1. Deserve and also, it. last week's movie, My Science Project, that same week, August 7th, 1985, was number 14. Mm. As it went straight to the bottom. That's a shame. Yeah, because I liked it a lot better than this movie. But uh, <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, domestically, yep. it went on to gross $12.9 million. Couldn't find any... Worldwide information on it. Uh, it was directed by Miss Martha Coolidge. She also did Valley Girl, Three Wishes, and a lot of mm. TV. A lot, a lot of TV. Uh, it was written by Neil Israel. They'll, he's got a good pedigree. He wrote the original Police Academy, the best one. Also, Tom Hanks' uh, Bachelor Party film from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, it was, and it was, it was uh, written by both Neil Israel, excuse me, and Pat Proft, who's a veteran of the podcast because he also wrote The Naked Gun, the funniest if not one of the funniest movies ever made, not just the 80s, but also one of the funniest movies of the 90s with Hot Shots. Mm. So uh, he knows what he's doing as far as uh, parody goes. Sure. Uh, and it's been far too long since we've mentioned Val Kilmer on the podcast, so I just wish it was under better circumstances. <laughs> uh, love Val to death, but this is probably my least favorite Val Kilmer movie. Uh, but he st- uh, he was have you seen Blood Out? <laughs> no. Oh, well, but from what go. I've heard from <laughs> you and Matt, who were on set, because it was filmed here in Baton Rouge, yeah. just what I heard made it sound awesome. Oh, with really? him, with him, all his scenes sounded awesome. Oh, where he's playing like a drug kingpin guy. Yeah, I don't even. Arturo was his name. Arturo. It's classified as video on IMDb, huh. not even as a movie. Ooh, I gave it a two. <laughs> <laughs> it should be noted that the aggregate on IMDb is 4.6. Right. Uh, but, uh, of course, Val Kilmer, Willow, Top Gun, Tombstone, uh, one-shotted Batman with Batman Forever. Uh, and then he got out of the role before it really went downhill and before uh, Chris Nolan had to resurrect it filmically, so to speak. Also starring Gabriel Jarrett as Mitch Taylor. Uh, he was most recently in the horrible Poseidon remake, although it did have Kurt Russell in it. 
wasted in that role in that movie. Mm. And Wolfgang Peterson, director of The Neverending Story and uh, Air Force One, directed it. Waste of a good director on a crappy remake. But he was also in Apollo 13. Uh, and I must say the real star of this movie for me, Michelle Mayrink as Jordan. She was uh, most notably Diane Lane's uh, friend in The Outsiders and also in Revenge of the Nerds. And professional film asshole William, a- William Atherton as Professor Hathaway. Mm. Of course, Die Hard, the asshole reporter in Die Hard. And uh, Peck in Ghostbusters. So I'm really surprised he hasn't been killed by a fan. Just because <laughs> he, he always he is the best villain I mean, he's up. To, you know, he's underrated in terms of just villains. He's not really a villain. He's just always the dick. All right. And nobody does it better than William Atherton. The second I saw this movie once when I was a kid, and I, upon rewatching it for the podcast, revisiting it as we do here, mm-hmm. I quickly realized why I had never seen it since. But the, I pretty much forgot everything about it except I just remember the popcorn explosion at the end. Uh, but it was like when he popped up, I was like, "Oh, oh, that's right! It's William Atherton. Mm. He's the asshole in the movie. Always the yep. asshole." It's, I don't know about his TV stuff. I see he's been in uh, some TV Defiance. series, but uh, haven't watched any of those, so I can't can't say for sure on that regard. But if he shows up in a film, rest assured, he's going to be the villain mm-hmm. or, again, the asshole. Uh, John Grease was Laszlo. He was in Taken and also Napoleon Dynamite. And Bo Billingsley was George. He was in, most recently, Star Trek Into Darkness, also a regular on General Hospital, and in one of my mother's favorite films, The American President with Michael Douglas. Mm. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that pretty much rounds out the cast, and it's not a bad cast. Uh, of course, you know, not my favorite Val Kilmer movie, but Val Kilmer is in it. Uh, and like I said, Michelle Mayrink, I mean, I, I, when I, she showed up, I was like, she looks so familiar. Obviously, I had to go to IMDb, look it up. Oh, yeah, it's the, I remember from The Outsiders, but she mm. was just so damn cute in this movie. I fell in love with her in this film. <laughs> just her character, and just she's super cute in this film. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the movie, like I said, I remember watching it when I was a kid, post-Willow. Mm-hmm. Post-Willow and post-Top Gun. So I already had this idea of Val Kilmer as a kid, like like when uh, we were at school, you know, after-school daycare as a six-year-old, and like, you know, when Willow came out on VHS, I brought it to school and then to daycare afterwards. Like, we're watching, you know, like, okay, yeah, we'll watch Willow. It's a good kids movie, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, all the kids watch it. I'm the cool kid for the day. And then we go outside. All right, let's play Willow. And it's like, some dude was like, well, I'm Mad Mardigan. I'm like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> no. I'm Mad Mardigan. I brought the movie. You be Willow, <laughs> you little bitch. <laughs> then that, that's not the words I use, but you know, it is when you're, you know, uh, when you were young and you're, Playing like a movie. Like, I want to be this one. I want to be this one. Oh, no, you can't. I uh, want to be that one. Ten-year-old equivalent of you little bitch. Yeah, basically. Jerk face. Jerk face. Bitch. Dickwad. Something. <laughs> Whatever. But, yeah. Uh, so, you know, when I saw this movie, I was like, what is this? You know, I was just like, uh, I just remember, like, being completely, this, this movie was completely forgetful mm. for me as a child watching it. Uh, as a kid, I ne- again never watched it again until just a couple weeks ago for the podcast. Yeah. Watched it again, and was like, I I'm, I know I never watched it again. Right now, that's not to say it's a bad movie, but there's nothing here for me, especially after you know when there's weird science out there at the same in the same time frame. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a sex- heterosexual awakening for me, and maybe a homosexual for <laughs> some ladies out there. Or you know, <laughs> RDJ was in it, so it could have been a sexual one for some other guys too. Yeah. You know, and then there's Back to the Future, c- crushing the box office. Yeah, I'm I'm good, I'm good. And don't need real yeah. genius. I need to see my science project once or twice in my life, and then I'm good with that too. Don't need this film. Uh, again, there's really nothing just wrong with it. Honestly, I think well, there's nothing inherently wrong with it to me. It's just not funny. Yeah, it's also me. this big story that they just contain into the school. Yeah, this boring it, background. There's nothing, yeah. like, it's like they tried to pull a little bit from Animal House, a little bit from, I mean, even the Weird Science and Back to the Future at the theater at the time. I mean, yeah. you had to know they were in production. I mean, you know, there's not like, oh, oh, it just so happens there's a science movie out. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, when we, 80s visit and went deep with all our underwater movies at the same, in the same year. Uh, I just imagine the pitch for this movie outdid the movie by far. That's what yeah. I imagine. Yeah, it's like, we have this laser we there's this dark room everyone's talking about this laser to be built and then these these two genius kids are making this laser and getting to shanny and, and then you get them into this drab brown school yeah it's just <laughs> and like they're supposed to be eccentric which the is same color well you yeah, know like back to fun. the future for example works because doc's the eccentric marty's like doc what are you doing you know like yeah. i gotta oh i gotta deal with your mess yeah 
you know, and in this, everybody's eccentric except the one guy. It's like reverse. Everybody's like, like Laszlo is, yeah. oh, yeah. you know, it's just like, okay, okay. And the, and Mich- uh, Michelle Mayrink is the cute, like, uh, Asperger's chick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, everybody's quirky. So it's like, and I can't relate to this. There's no, like, focal point for me watching it. Yeah. Like, I really don't care about anything. I just hope that she doesn't die or something because she's the only character I care about <laughs> uh, for the most part. But yeah, it's just... But however, when we get to the trivia, it seems like they really... And to uh, Martha Coolidge's credit, she really wanted to make a science movie that actually involves some semblance of actual science mm. in terms of you know theoretical things at the time. Again, August 7th, 1985, filmed in 84, 85, early 85, so... At that time, there just should have been an interesting B story, which I don't think there was. Yeah, there was. There's, there's I think really the B story was I got to pass class. Yeah, and that was even like okay, yeah, or, or what? Good luck. Or what? I mean, you're you're still a genius. Yeah, I mean, exactly. like that. It's not like you're going to lose your mind or right. It's just like oh, you fa- oh, big deal. Yeah. Why are you smart, even taking classes? Yeah. Seriously, I don't know. It's just confusing. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you saw it as well, but you had seen it before as yeah. Well, yeah. right, Jesse. What were your thoughts on it? Revisiting um, it. I mean, it was forgettable, like you said, because whenever I watched it for the, you know, watched it recently, I was like, oh yeah, I did see this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I just just all the same thoughts is just uh, oh. it's it's pretty flat. Great minds think alike, but fools yeah. seldom differ. <laughs> so, because uh, I came across that the other day with some article, like, oh, you know, famous phrases or you might have been saying wrong, or you only got half of them, and that was one of them. You know, oh. <laughs> oh, great minds think alike, but the other part of that quote is, but fools seldom differ. So now that's my thing. Like I can't. I, I love it when people say "great minds think alike." I'm like, oh, but but fools seldom differ. <laughs> use that. The, Tell da, us how da, you da, use da, that. The more you know. There you go. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, I. You know, I mean, this this podcast was born from my love, like doing my favorite movies, and what happened when we had Daniel because he'd never seen Star Wars at that time, or, right? Or most of the movies we were covering, for some reason, even though he's you know, because Daniel was you were born, you were born eighty two, right? Yeah. And I think Daniel was an 84. 84 yeah. yeah. So I mean, he was a little bit younger, but I mean, still, like, never saw Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Never saw Die Hard. Most of the movies we started the podcast with, the, you know, the, the core classics of the genre, of the decade, you know, so it was like, oh, these are my favorite movies. Then we, you know, of course, then we've done ones I haven't seen. We did Request, and, but, you know, this one is just, this is near the bottom of the ones right. we've done for me. That's a shame because I think the characters can go somewhere. It's just the, the play area they had, they just couldn't do anything. Yeah. It, I don't think it knew what it, it didn't know if it wanted to be drama or right. like serious like science or I don't know or maybe it, I mean but again you have the writer of the Naked Gun, Hot Shots, Police Academy, mm-hmm. arguably three of the funniest movies ever. Also, the lead was kind of boring too. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it. Yeah, didn't want to say it. But well, I mean, I, I don't think Val Kilmer's the lead. He's on oh. the cover and everything, but it's that other kid. Well, he was terrible. Yeah, Mitch or whatever. I mean, that's who we start off seeing. So that's what I assume the main character is. And then the supporting character is Val Kilmer. Um, but let's be honest. He only <laughs> watches, I only watched this movie as a kid and even of course, brought it up for Val Kilmer. That's what they should have focused on. They should have had his story of him getting into that college or something. You mm-hmm. know? But even he was a little... He was flat in it. Like, mm-hmm. no disrespect to one of my favorite actors from the 80s, <laughs> but... Like, you know, go watch him in Tombstone, watch I mean, Willow and Top Gun. And, and the, the, the thing that blows my mind, this is 85. One mm. year later, he's in Top Gun. One year before, he was in uh, Top Secret. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he, and he was fantastic in Top Secret. <laughs> he was fantastic. I, I completely yeah. forgot that, that, uh, about that movie. Until you, I mean, I've obviously seen it a hundred times, but right, I completely right. forgot about that until you just mentioned it. He was fantastic in that. Uh, who wrote that one? Cause, Top I mean, that's, Secret. Yeah, I just want to... Back to it. Oh, that was his, yeah, Zucker, Zucker and Abrams, Abrams yeah. Airplane. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so he can do comedy. Mm-hmm. Started I, off with it. That's yeah. the first movie or first I, credit. I compl- I completely like just. That's how much real genius just like made me like not Blacked like Val Kilmer for a few minutes. Oh. <laughs> it made me forget because like God, like how could? But look, the next year, Top Gun, and then Willow was what? Yeah, eighty eight. So, you know, it was just. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he it was just a paycheck or he just didn't, maybe he didn't know, maybe his idea for the character wasn't quite fitting everything else that was going on around him, but not well, a yeah, fan. He's, yeah, he's just trying to jumpstart his career at Granted, that point. yeah, and also, but it's second movie, but also, you Top Secret was just a couple years before, a year before. A year before, yeah. And fantastic, like, but at that point you have the airplane 
Yeah, group. yeah. Now, you, this is pre-Naked Gun and Hot Shots, obviously, for uh, Pat Prosso. Maybe he's getting his, his comedy chops, maybe. But uh, Police Academy came out in, I think, 80, 81. You know, and that's a fantastic uh, comedy, as far as that goes, in terms of that. But, again, this movie just doesn't know what it wants to be. It's not... It's not a parody. It's not a necessarily comedy movie either, to be honest. I mean, to me. Yeah, Blue's Academy was on its second one. By, or three came out the following year. He so. also wrote the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> was that Proft or the Israel? No, Israel. Uh, I am looking at Proft. Did he write the whole thing or just a segment? Does well, it I'm say? sure he's sharing it with a lot of people. I, I would hope so. No, only three credits. <laughs> or three more credits, I should say. Well, hey, but, Bruce Valanche wants to forget it, too. So. But he's at the top of the list. And, and look, George... Oh, oh, just character, sorry. Just character, I was yeah. to say, yeah, uncredited. Yeah, don't I mean, put my name on it. He's the top credit for this, though. God, have you ever seen... I have. I uh, watched it, like, last year for the first time. Like, it's... It's a long watch. <laughs> you know, and we all, like, there's... We've talked about this a hundred times on the podcast. Probably literally a hundred times on the podcast, because this is episode 170-something. Right. But, uh... You know, there's all there's always bad movies we like. Street Fighter, uh, you know, Deadly Prey, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so there's always horrible, terrible things that are, yeah, they're bad, but they're still good. And this is Star Wars. <laughs> and it's got all the original cast, but it somehow manages to be they're the, the most boring, horrible thing you've ever seen in your life. As a 2.4 on IMDb and... Uh, <laughs> 9.2% gave it a 10. <laughs> There's a big wave going on here. Let me be honest. I've watched this holiday special about four times total. You know, the first time's a curiosity. One time was autumn. You have to watch this just once. You know, around the Christmas that was like year before last. Mm. And then the other two were like you've never seen it. Do and like at a friend's house drinking, smoking. Uh, stuff. You know, <laughs> like you have to watch. And you know that's when it. And even even drunk or high, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> it's still like this is boring. <laughs> If anything, it makes you pass out quicker if you're drinking. Oh, it's probably man. the worst. Like, you know, it's but the right. cameos. Well, Harrison Ford is so awesome. He's the best part of it. It's like, hey, Chewie, yeah, we gotta go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he's let's get all this garbage all, scene. They're all bored and just <laughs> stoned out of their minds. Oh, well, I mean, look at the females under eighteen. One voted. <laughs> one. One for one. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> oh my god, this isn't clueless. Did I put in the wrong VHS? Wow. Just kidding, females under 18. But anyway. That's funny. Yeah, so real genius. Uh, no. Glad, glad I don't... I will never watch this film ever again. And based on the scores that we're seeing, some people really love it. That's fine. But there's nothing good. There's, or there's nothing better, good about it. There's nothing terrible about it to me. Mm. Straight up middle of the road for me. Uh, but anyway, getting on to some of the trivia, which might enlighten some of the fans of the film. Uh, if you're as, like me and you're kind of done with Real Genius, we'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, when Laszlo, who was played by John Grease, sends a large number of entries into the uh, uh, Frito-Lay contest, that actually happened uh, because some actual Caltech students, uh, namely Steve Klein and Dave, no- Dave Novikov and Barry Megadal, or Megdal, uh in 74 used a similar strategy to win a McDonald's sweepstakes. Uh, their total amount of entries came into roughly one fifth of the total entries, and they won a station wagon, three thousand dollars in cash, and fifteen hundred dollars in food gift certificates. So, that does work if you have the time. However, that at that point you're mailing stuff in, so that's postage. I'd like to know how much they had to spend in postage if that equaled out to. Had, well, I guess it would have had to equal out to three thousand in cash and eighty. Uh, actually, what I say, seventy-four dollars. Who knows? I don't know. So it is based hmm. on fact. Uh, the film was predominantly inspired and loosely based on actual events at Caltech, which I don't believe IMDb. I'm just saying, uh, in terms of you know, building a laser to destroy, you know, basically building a Death Star. I don't know how. Uh, maybe maybe building a laser with different practical applications, but I don't. I don't know. I couldn't I find know. anything that relate that like supported that statement. That's all I'm saying. Of course, the effect it had at the school was way different than the the actual effect from the sky. Because at the school, it tore through the school. Yeah. But once they got in the sky, I couldn't even break that window. <laughs> yeah, it just went right through it. Just <laughs> Like, that, yeah, the window, like, you see it lighting up, and just... Yeah, like Then it finally breaks God's it. God's talking to me. Yeah. I was like, wait, I thought this thing would bust it through everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it put a hole in, air, like, you know, trees, walls. But maybe that's what they did. Like, they 
you know, mess with it to weaken it. Who knows? Who knows? I don't. I don't care enough to, to like debate really the science. Make that point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Neil the Grass Tyson or all it is change some chips out. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, the recurrence of the initials DEI in the movie is no accident. Uh, for example, the truck that transports the popcorn is Drain Experts, Inc. Uh, let me see. There were some, the company Chris interviews with at the beginning is Darlington Electric Instruments. Uh, that's relevant because the initials are rumored to have been inscribed by Caltech alumni at the summit of Everest on the moon and many, on many satellites and space probes that were manufactured at the Jet Propulsion Labs, which sits just up the hill from Caltech in Pasadena, which Pasadena is a lovely town. Uh, if you're ever in California, it's a great little uh, town just to walk through and have lunch at a cafe. And also, Halloween was filmed there. You can see a lot of the Halloween locations, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, end of side note. Anyway, uh, there's a bit long been an unofficial contest to see who could place the letters DEI into the most prominent public view. The placement of this film was with the full complicity of director Martha Coolidge and her Caltech advisor, David Marvitt. Hmm. So that's, there's a, Caltech is like the, apparently Martha Coolidge and the screenwriter just really like Caltech. Uh, so a lot of that is just like that's what this movie is. It's almost like a love letter to Caltech. Yeah, there's a Dabney House at Caltech. That was where based the slogan is DEI. Yeah, yeah, Dabney and that's eats it. a lot of like the like the location and everything was based on the Dabney House at Caltech. Like the it's, it's like Pixar stories with from their there. animation school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one classroom, which I should know the number for now. Since it's yeah, in every uh, movie. Oh man, if you didn't if, if you didn't ask me, I could tell you. Classroom. But you're going to Google it, so we all, okay. Uh, and the scene where the military is set up for the laser test fire. A113. Yeah. The cars are set up in the dirt road to replicate the JFK assassination. So if you were sitting there like, that looks familiar. Oh, it what does. a great thing to put in a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> What's funnier than the assassination <laughs> of a president? Uh, I thought this was, this is like the most interesting fact I thought. Because <laughs> again, the only thing I remember from this film watching it again was the popcorn exploding out of the house. Uh, to achieve that effect, however, uh, the production team popped popcorn continuously for three months. The popcorn was then treated with fire retardant so it would not combust and covered so that it would not be eaten by birds and possibly poison them. The popcorn was then shipped under, uh, excuse me, shipped to a subdivision under construction in Canyon County, northwest of L.A., and placed in the house. They used enough popcorn to feed, feed 720,000 moviegoers if they each were eating the largest tub currently sold at theaters at that time. At retail, the cost would have been $1,800,000 in movie pop popcorn at that time. Well, they could have made fi- fake popcorn and been just fine. They could fine. have. They would have. It would have been okay. Could have been little star foam pieces and would have been just fine. Also, the idea of uh, lasers from space popping popcorn to do that was completely busted by Mythbusters in 2009. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just if anybody out there was still trying to like replicate <laughs> the results. Uh, one of the fellow geeks in the pool party and named Milton was played by Dean Devlin. If you, rec- if you think you know that name, that's because he's a producer. He produces a lot of Roland Emmerich's films, such as Independence Day. Another 90s film like Tombstone that will never be covered on this podcast. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, that's... Yeah, there's, for Honestly, th- uh, this film being, like, at least when you look at IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, being pretty well lauded for score, as far as scores and averages go on those sites... Really wasn't much behind the scenes or anything really big about it, for the most part. Uh, but anyway, the score score wise, like I said before, there's not it's not great, it's not good, it's not bad, it's not terrible. It's straight up middle of the road, so I give it a five. Sounds right. Uh, let's see, and in, in that's for the intro. Uh, let's see, Back to the Future this week. Uh, of course, and just so you know, we do have some emails we'll get to in a second, but just to remind everybody that's listening, is that we usually record two episodes at a time. And so if you send an email in, you know, you might not hear it that next episode, but we, we do respond to every one of them on the podcast. Just, for, just a friendly reminder for the new listeners and everything. So we do read all of them and everything. So don't think, boy, I didn't read my email, but they read that other guys. Mm. We read everybody's. Yeah. But anyway, Back to the Future this week in particular. Today is what, May the 7th uh, we're recording today? Uh, me and Jesse both just got through, well, not just got through, but uh, opening, or Thursday, I believe, both went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. part two. We haven't Volume talked about two. it. Yo, oh, excuse me. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. We haven't talked about it at all until literally right now. Uh, personally, I thought it was absolutely amazing. I agree. I had a smile on my face the entire time. Yes, I did. Uh, James Gunn is so talented in every aspect. And no, I wouldn't have thought that 10 years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, I, when 
based, I mean, just on Slither alone, is I think that was good a director. I think he's only. I think that Slither might have been his first directing film, like full. Uh, I mean, he was part of the trauma uh, yeah. team. But Slither so. was his actual first film, like uh, movie Slither, film, yeah, like a uh, big budget film. Which after Slither, like, I was like, oh, this movie is so awesome. It's like Night of the Creeks, but so much better. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, he did Super with Rain Wilson, which is a phenomenal movie if you haven't seen it. And just fantastic. Writer, director, he does it all. Right. Uh, he's, I don't know how to, like, this might sound kind of weird, but like a hipper John Carpenter. Mm. And by, what I mean by that is he's just, a guy, I guess a geekier John Carpenter might be a better right. way to put yeah. it. Because uh, everything that I've seen that he's done in terms of like, that are his projects, such as Slither, uh, Super, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the new one, obviously, are just, they're so good. I love every one of his films, like, a lot. Like, I am a James Gunn fan. Uh, didn't like what he did in Movie 43, because that whole movie was just, I don't, I still, I'm still in shock. He, who knows who he could have met that got him that yeah. job, though, you know? Well, I think it was, honestly, I think it was because he was friends with Joss Whedon. Or, oh, really? I, 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 don't, I don't claim to know, but I know that they're good friends, and of course, Joss Joss Whedon was the architect of the Marvel Universe leading up to Avengers, you know, because he was the director of Avengers and all that. But perf- James Gunn is so good at characters, and he knows the characters mm-hmm. in his movies. Every one of them. Go watch any of them. I mean, you know, for an ensemble cast like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and then you add in Mantis, you add in Kurt Russell, you're adding in, uh, you know, even the, even just the, the brief moment with Stallone and the original Guardians and all that kind of stuff, spoiler alert, uh, you know, it's so he knows how in just one scene to develop a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, we're getting spoilers now for Guardians of the Galaxy two. If we loved it, we'll see you next week. We're gonna do Blue Velvet. Uh, <laughs> so spoilers talk starting now. Uh, just the scene with Rocket and Yondu was like that. It like so awesome. Just like you're me. Like that whole like. <laughs> didn't expect it to turn like get that serious and real all of a sudden, but like, it was right, it was right, good. Right. I mean, I was I was just like, hey, like yeah. this, I'm, I'm, to myself, I'm like, this is so good. Like, and he's, and Rocket, and he's acting with uh, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know, Rocket is a CG character, excellently voiced by Bradley Cooper. I might add, mm-hmm. it's the best thing Bradley Cooper's ever done, as far as I'm concerned, as far as a character goes. Even and in the original too, don't get me wrong. And uh, Dave Bautista is phenomenal. Like he knows that like. You know, be, again, the stigma of being a wrestler and then being an actor. Yeah. You know, Rock notwithstanding. I mean, he, it's, it's rare. It is Rock's the yeah. first one that has become like a bankable star at the theater post wrestling. Hulk Hogan. Bankable? <laughs> I, I said bankable. <laughs> no Holds Barred was man. not a success. Neither was Suburban Commando or yeah. Mr. Nanny. Although I love Suburban Commando. Yeah. One of my favorite gags in any movie ever is in Suburban Commando where they try to freeze Hulk Hogan and the gas is going on him and then it cuts to him drinking this, from gr- this green stuff from a vial and he crushes the vial and looks right at the camera and goes, Annie Freeze! Yeah. And then beats the dude up. Awesome. Awesome. Christopher Lloyd and Hulk Hogan. I was frozen today! Oh, Shelley Duvall too. I forgot she was in it. I haven't seen that movie since the 90s. I, need to watch, I want to watch that one again. Uh, That's his best movie by far. That is Hulk Hogan's best movie. Suburban Commander. This was the one with Undertaker in it? Was he? Oh, yeah, he was another alien bounty hunter or something like that. Yeah, I was looking for his name. Mark Calloway right there. Okay, yeah, there. Hutch. Yeah, Yeah, because I was like, I remember the Undertaker in one of these. (laughs) Yep. That's Hogan's best. But uh, it's just, uh, Uh, again, from the opening, one of the best opening credit sequences in a movie. Uh, and the thing, like, James Gunn needs to do a Star Wars movie. I mean, I take it back. He just did. Yeah, yeah. He's done, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think, because of what he's doing here, I don't think he'll be, uh, I don't think he's needed over there. Yeah, he's not. Uh, I, I spoke a little too excitedly from <laughs> yeah. him. You know, this is like, if, because even, even the first Guardians, just immediately, it's got style. It's everything feels right. Mm-hmm. Like, for the universe. He's, uh... James Gunn, I don't mean to suck your dick so much. I mean, he's a world builder. Yeah. You know, it, everything makes sense. Uh, akin to, say, The Fifth Element. Luc, Luc Besson, of course, yeah. Valerian's coming out. Fifth Element. When you watch that movie, it feels like, okay, this is a future. There is a culture here. Everything, you know, it's, it might be weird. 
the fashion's weird, but everything still makes sense to mm-hmm. what you're seeing. It's not like Mass Effect Andromeda, where it's 600 years in the future, and they're talking about modern-day pop culture references. Right. You know, There's a reason for it here. Yeah. And, and I was t- that's one of the things I told Ron. Like, remember how I was playing Mass Effect? I kept telling you how stupid it was that they're referencing this in a game. And then, you know, it's in this movie, it's like, Trash Panda, is that, is that worse? And, you know, Brack's like, I don't know. It's worse, you know. Yeah. Like it's, it's so it, much worse. It's all those like, <laughs> and and you can you can tell too that this cast love working with each other, and they have, I mean, everything just comes through like in terms of just production. I don't know. It's just it's so good. I yeah. absolutely like. I think like I still think Winter Soldier is probably the best movie in the mm. Marvel canon to me. Like in terms of a, a structured like comic book movie. But by far, Guardians 1 and 2 are my favorite. Yeah. I will watch them on repeat. I'll watch Winter Soldier every now and then. Civil War, same thing. I mean, and, and all, if, if somebody said you can only watch, you know, if you had to pick them to make a, like, the, Marvel's over, but they're going to make one more movie, and you get to pick which one it's going to be, without, not even, not even having to think Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. I don't want another Avengers. I want another Guardians of the Galaxy. We've made too much money. We have to stop this money train. <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, <laughs> which... The biggest uh, little tangent here, but back in the day uh, with comics, they were, you know, the comic stories were unto the comics. Now, everything, all these crossovers and stories that are in comics now are all meant to tie into the movie universe now. Mm. And it, it, it sucks. Comics are, they're, they're not bad, but it's so stifling mm-hmm. to where they have to adapt stuff from the movie universe now because it's the juggernaut. Yeah into the comic books. Why not just make your, just like they were the ultimate universe in comics, have the MCU comics over here, but then keep these separate, these are the stories of the comic characters. I mean, they've done it with other comics even. Yeah. Many times. It's just, it's it's, it's really bad right now. It's just like, there's, because everything they're setting up, because we know there's a Captain Marvel movie coming, which I love Captain Marvel, period. Like, I mean, she's one of my favorite characters in the comics. But you can see they're setting things up in the comics for what's coming down the movie pipeline. Mm. And it's just like, stop. Like, because it's what's familiar. But, and and if somebody wants to disagree with me, that's fine. But simply, if you read Marvel comics like me, Look at look at the X Men line because they because Marvel wants to distance themselves from the movies in that because Fox has the license uh, to X Men. That's why in a lot of the the Marvel games that are coming out, you don't get the X Men because they don't want to promote the X Men of the Fantastic Four because they don't have the movie rights. Quick tidbit right there, but yeah. uh, but if you read the X Men comics, they feel honestly the X Men comics right now feel to me like the '90s X Men, which is great. Yeah, to for mm-hmm. me, like in my personal opinion. Uh, but like the all the like the Marvel any if a character's in the movie like this week or this past week there were like four different Guardians of the Galaxy comics. Mm. Okay, wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> what, what 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 could it be? <laughs> Granted, one of them was a tie-in for the ride remake, uh, the Tower of Terror in Disney. But it's just like, and it's yeah, you know, the movie and the movies are better than the Guardians of the Galaxy comic books. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just the comic book writers are trying to do what James Gunn's doing in the movies. Yeah, and no, just just tell a good story, please. Just these characters are amazing and rich, and, and you got the whole universe to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So anyway, end of a little rant there. But Guardians two, I thought it was phenomenal. Jesse, I've kind of taken the mic on it, but you saw it as well. And I mean, you're the host, <laughs> but yes, I agree. Um, there were just so many moments, even when I thought it was getting serious, they would sprinkle some comedy. Yeah, in just there. that little bit. And it was know. like. I'm very happy that that's there. And then we get back to the action. Yeah, it wasn't like, it's, it's just done. Like, he knows what to do. He can, right. he knows what makes a scene work. Like, right. you know, with Batista, uh, Drax, and man, it's like, but you are beautiful on the inside. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it, it's, it's done. It's like perfect beat. You know, you got, like, right. you know, it's just so well. Uh, it's just, I mean, anytime there was action, like, you know, we've already said spoilers. They're all coming through the woods, attacking the ship, all the Ravagers and everything. And then, uh, or before that, even in the ship where it's all, everything's going to hell. Yeah. And it cuts the group just eating. Yeah. <laughs> just or at the very end, you know, the big fight at the end, you know, we got all these rocks forming like a Superman pose. Yeah. And then on the other side, it's back Yeah. When he's like, I'm going to make some weird shit. I was like, oh, it's my, like, please, <laughs> yeah. I want to see a Skeletor and Pac-Man statue. I got a big statue. laugh in the theater. Like, it was so yeah. good. I was, and good guy, Kurt Russell and his chemistry, like the scene where they play catch, I was like, 
this is such a good scene. Like, I mean, yeah. it was so, you know, just. <laughs> and I got a lot of laughs, too. It was just so, everything, the only thing that I thought was going to pay off that didn't was mm-hmm. how, like, we had a bet about your antenna there to stop you from getting decapitated. Yeah, but, that, that didn't catch either in, yeah. in the theater I was in. But see, like, I thought that was going to be, a, that was going to end up being a callback to where she was, it was going to, it, it would happen how Drax, oh. and he'd be like, ah, they are like that, because I was like, that's got to come back, that's got to be a that's callback. Be, that's, yeah. But it didn't, but I'm not complaining. Because, yeah, it wasn't, because the joke didn't hit there. Yeah. It should have hit later. Yeah. But it was. No, I it absolutely could have been loved a deleted it. scene or something. But yeah, it went, no. I saw it in 3D, and it was worth it in 3D. Really? If you uh, the scene where it showed Yondu's arrow coming at him. Oh that, yeah. That that one scene was badass in 3D. Hmm. Like I'm not saying go see it again. I mean, if you're going right. to see it again, go see it again in 3D because you're never going to see it in 3D right. like that again. Well, my tickets actually said XD, and we weren't in the XD theater. That's weird. I was kind of bummed out about that, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Hmm, that's really weird. Yeah, because we walked into the XD theater because my tickets said, said XD. Yeah, and it's like in the middle of the movie, and I can't see the screen because it's in 3D. I was like, something's wrong here. Bought my ticket, wrong number. It's like, uh, <laughs> did y'all stay in that one? <laughs> no, 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 no. But I didn't even know what scene it was on till later. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I saw the scene, I was like, I don't know when this is. It could be like the very beginning of the movie. I don't know. But then I looked at the ticket, saw the number, had to go two theaters down. It was still a big <laughs> screen, but yeah. Was an thing, That's for sure. Gotcha. I'll be writing a strongly worded letter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell the manager. Let you, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that scene where the arrows coming right out, it would, it would look it looked really good in three D. I was like, God, I was like, damn. Autumn was like, that looks really cool. Uh, so if you, a if, lot of arrows. I would recommend playing. seeing it in three D. Simply a because you're never going to see it like that again. All right. And it's you know it's worth it's well, you it, could it, it, if it, you go back in time by three D TV yeah. that no one <laughs> that nobody's telling. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, highest possible recommendation. It's my favorite Marvel movie. Uh, what do you think of all of the after credit scenes? Five I li- of them. I liked it because instead of having that one, okay. First of all, the credits themselves were enjoyable to yeah, watch. They were. Uh, you know, but I like that sprinkling because then because you, you know there's a scene at the end regardless. So instead of sitting there and reading um, names, you actually have were you some paying attention to all the stuff that was going on yeah. on the screen? Was there a cameo of somebody in there that wasn't in the movie? Like a, the dancing part. There was like one person, I couldn't tell who it was, exactly. on the right-hand side. It looked exactly. like a dude or something. Right-hand side. I just like, I don't, I don't know who that is. I thought it was from like a future movie or something like that. I'll hmm. get up while we talk about it. But, um, credits. Yeah, so also when you go stay till the very end, there's like five after credit scenes. Yeah, I don't know where it is, but yeah, I, I thought it was a. Uh, oh, I thought it was Jeff Goldblum. From no, it was. That's what you're, it was. you're exactly right. Yeah. It was because like because it had a little. Uh, yeah. Maybe he was in this one somewhere briefly, and they maybe took him out, or yeah. who knows. But of course, he's in Ragnarok, and he's the he's the collector. No, he's not the collector. He's uh, he's one of the other. I forget his name. Yeah, uh, um, like the collector. Uh, beyond not Beyonder. Uh, I can see his hero clicks figure and his comic book counterpart, but I can't think of his name. He was in, when they had the hero clicks, uh, all the different like her, not heralds but the powerful pieces like that were for the month. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, Grandmaster. Grandmaster. That's, that's it. the one. Yeah. So and then the director of Thor straight up ripped off that scene in Guardians where they're coming at each other. Oh, for sure. Like that. It's like the. Ex- I was like, hmm, <laughs> that looks really familiar. <laughs> but anyway, you go see Guardians too. It's fantastic. Uh, that was pretty much the biggest thing this week for Back to the Future. Uh, anything else? Have you seen anything recent? I saw something else. But I got to say for next week, so we have something to talk about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but it wasn't a theatrical. Well, it's still at the- some theaters, but we'll- I'll talk about it next week. Hmm. But uh, anything else you've seen? Um, I saw um Split. Oh, yeah. Told you about that. Um, I really liked it, and just made it so much better by the end. Yeah. But while I was watching it, even I was like, okay, this feels like an older M. Night Shyamalan movie, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, and I'm glad he mixed it into his world. Like, I wonder if someone told him to, like, said, hey, maybe you should, you know, mm-hmm. give a little nod. I mean, because he is coming out with that next movie. What's it called? Glass. Glass. Yeah. Hmm. Let's, let's hope that it holds up. Yeah. But it's, he seems to be, he seems to do well when he goes about those, this is the real world, but something weird is yeah, happening. Yeah, something's off. Yeah. So let's hope that sticks with it because there, there's going to be a lot of people out there that be like, that could never happen, blah, blah, blah. 
Like, well, duh. Yeah, you're watching a movie, bro. <laughs> yeah, you're watching a movie. You, you understand that, right? But that's where they get them because they're telling a story that is so believable that it's going to make people say that. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was I thought it was good. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, yeah, this is the real science for Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't care. I don't care. Shut the <laughs> fuck up and watch the movie. <laughs> do, do you think anybody thinks this is real? <laughs> you can calm down, bro. Yeah, <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've uh, been watching, uh, of course, the new season of Better Call Saul is on right now. Fantastic. I need to get back it's into so that. so good. Like, yeah. it's, this, it's getting close. Like, the timeline's getting closer and closer to Breaking Bad. Oh, so wow, really? It's getting, you know, you're seeing a little few more things. Like, ah, you're, you're seeing how things play into it. Yeah. I need, and that's what's... I need to jump back into that. Because, yeah, I watched the last two. I just haven't picked mm-hmm. up on the new season. Well, yet. you're only like three episodes behind, three or right, four. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... But it's, it's still as good as it was. Yeah. I expected, and like I mean, all we're talking about this because like I don't like lawyer shows, you know, like right, yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm, I don't either. And if I had I not watched Breaking Bad, I probably wouldn't even have cared about this show, right? But it's again perfect casting. It's just so. Then mm-hmm. Bob Odenkirk is, God, he's so good. Him and him yeah. and uh, I forget the guy, the guy that plays his brother from Clue and all that. Uh, I can see him in every movie he's been in, but I can't think of his name. Who plays his brother? Yeah. Chuck, the older one, he was in Clue and... Uh, oh, Michael Matt. Mike, yeah. Michael, um... I want to say, I was going to say Martin, but it's Michael something. But just their relationship is... Uh, it's just so good. If, you have, if you're not watching Better Call Saul and you McKean. watch Breaking Bad... Yeah. Yeah, Michael McKean. So good. Not this one. <laughs> yeah, not, not that Mike. <laughs> not that Mike. Which, God, he's... Jonathan Banks is so awesome. Yeah. And, so, you know, he was, and the funny thing is, as we've been going through the movies in this podcast, he's come up in like several movies. Right, like, yeah. Never even like, <laughs> holy shit, he was in Beverly Hills Cop. He was in uh, Buckaroo Banzai. But he's like, wait, that's Mike. <laughs> it's fantastic. And then yeah, also, uh, new season of Fargo is going on. Great so far. It's got that quirkiness to it. Like, okay, what's the, what's the weird thing that's happening here? Oh, there's a show I wanted to start watching that I haven't seen. I don't know if you've seen it. called Sneaky Pete. Mm-mm, with uh, it's got Rabishi in it, I think. Yeah, but it also has uh, Brian Cranston in it. Oh, really? That's why I really want to say. Like, I saw, you know, I like Giovanni Rabisi, but I was like, Scientologist. After, after, oh, well, just saying. Hopefully, he's not just preaching the whole time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I saw a trailer of it, and I saw uh, Brian Cranston in it. I was, I was like, he's like not even. In, oh, there he there is in the credits. Oh, yeah. But yeah, ten episodes huh. worth. So I was like, well, now I gotta watch it. See, I would, <laughs> I would have expected to see him in something like all the time. Just because I mean, oh, Power he's Rangers. One of the creators, but... Brian Cranston. Didn't even know that either. Wow. So yeah, now uh, now I have to watch it. <laughs> I wonder if he's like afraid, not afraid, but like I think I peaked in terms, like in terms right. of. Well, I'm, I'm sure he's just having fun now. I would I would hope so. He deserves yeah. it. I mean, after five seasons of being that character, <laughs> he's like Power movie, Power Rangers. Movie? Sure, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, I gotta lose. Yeah. Super yeah. Mansion, like three seasons of it. Sure, let's do it. Whatever, I don't care. Yeah. I got that Breaking Bad money, y'all. <laughs> yeah. But it was uh, just fun to do, you know, a crackle series. Yep, and then uh, American and Gods, I watched the first episode of that. Um, I haven't read the book. I've read the comic that's currently going on. It's it's visually stunning, but it's it's not gone, gotten anywhere yet. Mm. Ian McShane is awesome in it, which he's, he's one of those bankable... Ian McShane, yeah. Mm, excuse me. It's the reason bankable. to watch that, uh, that old show he's on, was it uh, Deadwood? Deadwood. And he's one of the great things in Hot Rod. Oh, yeah, the dad, yeah. <laughs> he's so good. And, of course, he's in John Wick, too. Uh, both John Wicks. He's the... Right. I forget his name in it. What's uh, Winston, but, like, the owner. Or one episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, awesome, oh, Ian yeah. McShane. And then, okay, uh, well, that's it. Ian McShane. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye now. I didn't know Pillars of the Earth had a TV series. Is that a book or something? Or uh, yeah, it's actually a really popular board game, but it's based on a. Uh, oh, Eddie Redmayne's yeah. in it. I can't watch it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he is. But uh, Ian McShane. Oh, Matthew McFadden. He's the one that's going to be uh, Black Bolt in the. Uh, oh. Inhumans. Interesting. Oh, and Haley Atwell. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Aside from Eddie Redmayne, you got a great cast there. Eight point one. Pillars hmm. of the Earth. Interesting. It's a popular game. A lot of people want. They, gotcha. They print enough. Cool beans. Uh, playing wise, I haven't played anything necessarily game wise. I should say uh, I've had Battleborn when it was since it was on sale for like nine bucks, and I've played a few levels of it. It's like I'll just rather play Overwatch. Yeah, that's what the popular opinion is. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not a bad game. It's just they should not have released it. You know, they should release it a few, couple years ago. Uh, but then I went back because I actually ended up having to. I, I didn't have to, but I ended up getting a PlayStation Pro, 
Really? I don't think I talked about. Yeah, I, I, well, obviously, if you said that, I didn't tell you on the last podcast. Nope. <laughs> well, I, of course, we moved to a, a bigger apartment, but I had a Wii U and an Xbox 360 in my bedroom for mainly for playing like USB drives and stuff. Well, I got a new smart TV, mm-hmm. read the USB drives. Don't need those consoles to do that. And I got the Wii U to play Bayonetta 2, which I don't need that anymore because I played it already. Mm-hmm. So I basically went up to, or I looked online at GameStop, and it was like 100 and something bucks to trade in your Wii U. I'm like, oh, shit, I'll go do that, and I'll get, you know, put it towards whatever, you know, Injustice 2 or whatever, whatever the next game is. And I went there, he's like, yeah, is there anything you want? You want a Switch? I'm like, well, I'd love to get a Switch, but you don't have any, I'm sure. He's like, oh, well, yeah, I can't do that. Uh, you, what about PlayStation Pro, Xbox? Whoa. I, you know, because at that, that time, my PlayStation running fine, but when I would put in a disc, it'd like a oh. little lag to it. So its days were numbered. Right. Once it, you know, ejecting and every, everything ran fine on it. But just, I, I know like that noise means that one day it's not going to take a disc. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, oh, well, you know, you can go get it and bring it with this. Like, and then like you pre-order Call of Duty, you'll get an additional like 20 bucks credit and trade in. Like he worked out a deal for me. Like first time I've ever been, in, I used to work at GameStop, full disclosure. <laughs> this was like the first time where the dude like wasn't just trying to sell me a warranty, all that kind of crap. He was like, you know what, man? I think we like he actually worked. Here's what you can do. Yeah, like yeah, which is was great. So I ended up trading him, running home, making sure all my saves were uploaded. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, which the only bad thing is, when you get a PS Pro, Pro, you can actually with your PlayStation Four, you can hook them together and literally just copy your hard drive. Mm. So the only thing I actually ended up losing was I had PT the the demo for uh, PT. I don't know if you heard about I that. I don't know what it's that basically is. the pre, the the Silent Hill. Oh. game that was coming out when they released the demo and the game got canceled right, right, then they right. pulled it off the store so you can't download it anymore oh okay. in fact people were selling playstation 4s with pt on it for like hundreds of dollars like over retail price because it had the demo <laughs> on there wow. uh so that's the only thing i ended up losing which it i mean i played it when it came out and around halloween that was it so i mean it's you know it's fine that i can't play it again whatever uh you could watch it on youtube yeah there you go <laughs> Call it playable teaser, so I'm sure it doesn't stray too far. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, it's the reason Resident Evil Six is the way it was, or Seven, I should say. Mm. First person, atmospheric, except PT was Silent Hill, not Resident Evil. And it, it as good Damn, as it looks that there, looks really good. It did. I mean, again, you're in these small rooms. And Resident Evil Seven why looks good too. Stuff like that. Yeah, who knows? I was hoping because the, a lot. the teaser was so well received that it would have, you know, spurred them to finish it. But Konami's a fucked up company right now, so. You know what they're trying to do with Metal Gear and everything else. I mean, it's they're going straight up mobile, so oh, they just need really to sell the rights and do something with it. But anyway, so yeah, I ended up bringing my PlayStation Four there, so I couldn't actually transfer it from PlayStation Four to PlayStation Four Pro. Uh, brought up there, ended up paying fifty dollars, tax included, for a brand new PlayStation Pro. That's awesome. So I went in there with the intent of not spending any money, right, right, and pre-ordering something. We ended up spending fifty bucks. If I got a PlayStation Pro, uh, Horizon looks even better on it because I have a four K TV. Yeah, uh, Mass Effect looks fantastic on because it's 4K. Except and, when people fall you know, through walls. Exactly. Aside from <laughs> you know, it's pretty to look at for a few minutes. Uh, but of course, making weird faces. But then I had to like re-download the games and all that, and that took forever. But what I was getting at anyway was, I had the first episode of Resident Evil Revelations, too, which has a online raid mode component, which was fun. I played it when it came mm-hmm. out. I was like transferring stuff I'm like oh I got a big enough hard drive now let me put this back on there and I went to play the raid mode and like all my progress was gone mm. so I was like oh well shit or my, excuse me my unlocks were gone characters mm. on it so I had to play through the first episode of that to unlock some of the characters to play as because of the perks and blah 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 so I've been playing Battleborn and Resident Evil 2 Revelations just biding my time till when Justice 2 comes out in like two weeks so that's all video game wise mm. uh, but I'm pretty much done with Battleborn you can get the VR now. Yeah, with the Pro. And he, he was telling some other guy in the store that, yeah, I'm not going to spend 400 bucks on that. It's only 400 I thought it was like $600. Uh, it had like some sort of drop on it because... Oh, because no like, one's buying no one's it buying for it. $600. Which, I, again, if it was like... If we're talking like 200 now you're talking in reasonable ballpark, for me at least personally. Because I would play through... To me, it would be worth that to play through the games they do have for it. Uh, of course, no Best Buy near here was doing the demo for it to where I could actually see it. Right. However, I mean, games are going to get there uh, eventually. It's just not that technology is not affordable right now. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure why they just don't have it because they have the cheap headsets for your VR for your phone, which isn't true VR. Yeah. But I mean, it, it does the job. 
to where why not have it, you know, you get the PlayStation app on your phone, it streams your screen to it, and you can wear that, and, you know, you can play it like that until the you know, peripheral is somewhat affordable. It costs as much as a pro. The VR helmet costs more than a regular PlayStation 4, <laughs> which you can't even use it on because you have to have a pro. Yep. So it's like a $1,000 buy-in to use it. Like, nah. Nothing's been that absurd since Steel Battalion for Xbox, the original Xbox. But I tried anyway. to jump back into uh, Witcher 3, and I failed again. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't grab me. No, I'll probably try again soon, but... I started playing it, and it doesn't help that um, as soon as I jump back in, I didn't. I mean, I'm not remember. far at all. Yeah, I, like someone could sit down probably thirty minutes to an hour and get where I am. Yeah, because as soon as I got in, I was like, okay, I forgot completely where I am. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the quest thing. Oh, I got to bring this guy to this thing to this guy. I bring it to him. He's like, okay, well, let's go kill this big guy. Oops, I just unplugged. <laughs> and um, your volume got like super loud. No, it didn't. <laughs> did in it? My ears, it did. Oh, my bad. I'll I'm not complaining. I mean, it wasn't like, I'm not deaf. Um, what? <laughs> what? Anyways, uh, so yeah, the first thing I do as soon as I get back in, oh, I gotta go fight this guy. I'm like, well, shit, I forgot how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, with uh, Bloodborne. Like, uh, you know, I, I got 90% through the game. I never beat it just because other stuff came out. And Bloodborne's a game where you have to be good at. You have to learn the game, like truly learn right. the game. So like, I don't think I'll ever finish it because <laughs> I would. And, and when it's not like you can go in and die a few times and oh, I remember and get used to it. No, when you die in Bloodborne, you're losing your shit. <laughs> like death is permanent Bad. in you know it's a Dark Souls type of game. So like you don't want to have to deal deal with that. Speaking of bad death, have you ever played EverQuest from back in the day? I, the only time I ever played EverQuest was the beta for PlayStation Two when they had the modem. Uh, I started playing uh, Project 1999, which is a uh, emulated server that simulates it back when the classic good old days, I'm putting in quotes, mm-hmm. um, which I agree with them. But uh, yeah, that that I've been playing that while I've been like designing stuff because anybody who's played that knows you can kill something and then you got to sit down for like 10 minutes <laughs> and do nothing. <laughs> so that's like, what I do. Like your health comes back or something? Yeah, like. and and plus it's one of the few things I can play with a Mac. So I have that in the windowed mode on one screen, and I <laughs> kill, kill something, something and I just sit down and regenerate that, mana. <laughs> that's how Star Wars Galaxies was. I was so hyped when that game came out. But then like when you take damage, you have to like yeah. sit, and it's just like, Well, tick. because it came at that time. Yeah. Tick, tick. But the one that followed tick. up, uh, the Old the Republic one. one. Yeah, Did heard... we play that together? No, I didn't play it. I could play it now play it. because I have a laptop that could run it. You, but it's worth. That's that's all I did in it. I ran through the story. That's what I've heard. You do it the story by yourself, pretty much. And the right. story's fantastic. And yeah, and they say each class in that game has a different story. And then when I did research, it's like, oh yeah, you're the class that I played. I even forget now what I played. I enjoyed it, but they said they had the best storyline. <laughs> so that's why I never felt the need to go, to go back, back and, and play. You got the best because I did not play a Jedi. I know that. Like, I did not have a lightsaber. I was playing one of the other guys. Lightsaber's overrated in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> there's more to, there's more but, to, as Rogue One proved, there's more to Star Wars than the Force and yeah, lightsabers. Justin played one. He played, like, the, the caster type of Jedi. Um, geez, I don't remember what I played, though. Hmm. Like an Imperial or a It must rebel? have been a smuggler type, but no, no, it was, ah, geez, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look it all up, and that's not <laughs> worth looking up right now. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's free. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing to jump in. Now they're going to try to push all this product on you because yeah. that's how they all are right now is you got to pay to play, pay to be the best and all that stuff. But yeah, which is fine. Like, that's fine as long as it's not, like, obscene. For example, uh, like the Marvel Heroes games coming to consoles, which I played that on computer, like, didn't pay for anything. But, you know, okay, I get it. I get what it is. I'm good. But, you know, you can also see, like, it's... Stupidly expensive in that game to like buy anything, like ten bucks for a character, and it's the Marvel Universe. So you want to buy six characters? That's as much as a retail game. But oh, but you like Jean Grey's '90s costume, or you like Wolverine's brown costume? Yeah. Oh, that's another ten bucks. So well, I mean, it's not that that game doesn't nickel and dime you; it ten and twenties you. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's obscene. Like make yeah. it affordable. If you have that many characters, but make it to where, you know, oh here's Daredevil, your free character. Nobody wants to fucking play as Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, I played the Imperial Agent in uh, mm. Star Wars: The Old Republic. I'll keep that in mind if I. 
But uh, I was told they had the best story. And I got like all the way to whatever the top level was, 50 or 60, I forget which. Hmm. And then I was like, I think the day I hit it was the day I quit. <laughs> well, at that point. Yeah, because I wasn't really interested in endgame. Yeah, I mean... Um, I could have played through with another character. and I don't know, just other stuff was going on, I guess. And yeah. it just was a wait out. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> there you go. Gotcha. Well, that's what we've been playing and watching and stuff, other than the movie we talked about, Real Genius, which we'll never watch again. But I uh, got a couple emails mm-hmm. to cover. First one is from our good friend Ben Wyatt in Tasmania. He says, hey guys, after hearing you talk about remakes on the Weird Science episode, I just wanted to chime in on a couple things. I know the original is 1977, but what do you think of the 2006 remake of The Hills Have Eyes? I personally love it, but I've never seen the original. Now, I haven't actually seen Scott Eastwood act, but would you see, like to see a Dirty Harry prequel starring him and possibly directed by his father? That's a cool idea. However, Scott Eastwood, uh, the only thing I can think of I remember him from was Suicide Squad, and nobody should... He wasn't memorable in it (laughs) for me. Uh, But, I mean, he looks... When you see him, it's like, that looks like Clint Eastwood. Oh, oh, because it is, basically. (laughs) Uh, But I would imagine that his dad, like, if his dad could get that performance out of him, I would, because Clint Eastwood is that good of a director. And, I mean... He, let me put it this way. He wasn't terrible in what I've seen him in, but it's not like it's nothing like stand out. But there's a lot of actors like there out there that are like that. You know, they're background for many years and they get their shot and they end up blowing you away. Yeah. So I would definitely like to see it. I'm not saying he'd be my first choice, but I think it could work and not just be a case of nepotism of Eastwood hiring and his son to take on that role and give him a boost his career. Uh, but be definitely be interested. And as far as The Hills Have Eyes, I saw the remake when it came out. Uh, I, I vaguely remember it. Uh, I honestly don't remember if I thought it was good or bad, to be perfectly honest with you, Ben. Uh, and the original, it's been even longer since I've seen that. So I can't say. Uh, but that, you know what, this Halloween season, I'll rewatch them both and I'll let you know around that time, my friend. Uh, and he also goes on to say he hasn't seen Weird Science or My Science Project, and they aren't streaming anywhere, so I can't comment on them. Before you go filling up your Halloween picks, don't forget... It's on YouTube. You, there you go. Yeah, uh, My Science Project was... Um, it had a good version, actually, of that one. I would imagine... Yeah, yeah they didn't even bother putting any effects on it. <laughs> YouTube doesn't region lock stuff, though, does it? Or? Yep, still works. Um, I have no idea. I don't hmm. think so. I'll try YouTube, Ben. If that doesn't work, let us know, and maybe I'll find a way. Uh, but he also mentions, uh, before we go filling up our Halloween picks, don't forget you said you were going to do Hannibal, Hannibal, <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust. Ben, because you're such a good friend of the show and of us personally, having guested on our podcast and us letting us grace yours as well, we're going to do it in just a couple weeks for you. Just because mm. you're such a good listener and a good friend, Ben. Oh, it's all for you. It's our birthday present. I don't even know when your birthday is, Ben. But this is your birthday present. We're going to do it early. Mainly because I also got a really good theme I want to do this year for Halloween Horror. So this is just going to be a bonus one just for you. you uh, so that'll be coming in a couple weeks. Uh, and then he also says, I haven't even watched wrestling since WrestleMania week, so I don't have anything to talk about for you, Jesse. So talk to you later, guys. Uh, uh, I hope so, my friend. Always a pleasure. I'm a casual watcher of wrestling, but <laughs> there's some people on my uh, Facebook feed that get really get into it, like mm-hmm. complaining about the management and stuff. I'm like, you know what's scripted, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I like it because it's a long show I can watch while I work <laughs> I don't have to change the channel yeah, too often it's right there you can <laughs> zone in for a second you can catch right back up right I don't even have to watch the screen I exactly mean. Uh, and then uh, another email from our friend Pete he says hi again and thanks for the reply via the podcast you're welcome uh, first I love in all caps weird science or should I say I love Kelly LeBrock in the 80s agree my friend 16 year old me had a massive crush on her along with several other 80s leading ladies Again, completely agree. Great minds think alike, but fools seldom differ. Uh, <laughs> second, interesting your opinion on remakes, especially your Holy Grail film of Jaws. I agree wholeheartedly, even though it's 70s. So now I wonder how you'd feel about the forthcoming Jason Statham film, Meg. It's funny you mentioned that, Pete. And I say it's funny because I've read that book series since it came out in the late 90s, I believe. Uh, but in the, I think it's the book called Meg Primal Waters. I think it's the fifth book in the series. Uh, I had actually written the author a few years before that, just this, and like this was a MySpace era, because he was like uh, he had a social media presence even then. But there's a character in that book named Trey. He's a doctor that walks in. He's like, "Hey, Doctor Trey Harris here." Blah blah blah. Well, <laughs> there it was a contest where you just wrote in and like, or, or I wrote him in about the shark attacks and about in the Gulf Coast, 
something like that. Because he's, he's a he's an act, he like he likes the science too. Blah blah blah. He's a shark fan like me because he's writing a book right. about megalodons, obviously. Uh, but he's like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm gonna put you a character in the book. I'm like, thanks, bro. <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, t- I took it with a grain of salt, and then the book comes out, and actually, my dad's like, I told my parents about it at that time. Like, oh, great! And they bought a copy, and like, before I even got to the page, like, right here, son, I found it. Here's you in the book. Cool, dad. Thanks. Like, yes, Doctor Trey Harris, you're, uh, yeah, he'll survive. <laughs> that was the extent of my that literary <laughs> characters. It was something like that. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, hey, that's still something. Yeah, you know, but in it's in the Meg Primal Waters. I think it's the fourth or fifth book in the series. Oh. But I am excited for that film because, you know. Shark movies are a dime a dozen these days, and you you can't they many films have done nothing but try to remake Jaws over and over and over again. But then you get something like Open Water, which is telling a you know, based on a true story, and it's you know it's not trying to be a shark attack movie because we don't know what happened to that couple. The sharks obviously play into it because I mean if something's floating in the ocean, certainly a oceanic white tip or something else is going to come take a nibble of it at some point, you know. And you know two headed shark attack, a two headed shark terrorizes a beach. Uh, but the, even when I, when I first read Meg back in the nineties, it was like, you know, it was the book, the book is phenomenal. It's, I, I say phenomenal. It's an easy book. It's mm-hmm. not a Stephen King. It's not a George R. R. Martin, but it's, it reads like an action movie. Uh, it's a good book. Uh, the other ones, it, it, part of my French, but it jumps the shark. <laughs> uh, no offense to Steve Alton, uh, cause really like the first one, but I am excited for the movie cause I like the book and Jason Statham. I don't think he fits the character because the character is meant to be like a doctor and professor, but, you know, Harrison Ford was an archaeologist, so it could work. Uh, so I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, do I think it's going to be... I mean, if they, they, they need... As long as it's an action movie, because Jaws is a horror, action, drama, a masterful blend of suspense and ter- terror. You know, as long as they don't try to make it Jaws-ish, it should be fun. It should be a fun ride, you know, because now we're dealing with a giant shark. As you read the book, it glows. Because it lived in the Marianas, Marianas, I think that's how you pronounce it, Marianas Trench, yeah. whatever it is. I almost said Marinara. I know Marinara that's not right. Trench. So delicious. <laughs> I'd love to live in that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, he goes on to say, thanks for answering the question and in such depth. You're quite welcome. It was a great question that made me think. Uh, really interesting and appreciated. Thank you as well again. Uh, think my affection for Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters remake stems from my admiration for Kate McKinnon. Yes, I am superficial, but if my wife can drool over Chris Hemsworth, I'm figured I'm allowed to, too. Now, do you mean you're allowed to drool over Chris Hemsworth, too? Or <laughs> I get you. I'm just messing with you. Uh, Kate McKinnon, like, I, again, when we talked about, when I talked about, uh, when we had watched that the Ghostbusters reboot, uh, how she was, to me, the best part of it. Uh, you know, recast. Uh, but your attraction will forever be a dream. Yes. For she is not on your team. <laughs> yeah. She's so pretty. She's so funny. Like, she's really, like, she's the best thing on SNL right now. Yeah. My opinion. Uh, but anyway, cheers. He closes. And cheers, Pete. Yep. Cheers to you, good friend. Uh, P.S. Jesse, yes, I have left an iTunes review. However, I still cannot download the Empire Strikes Back or Teen Wolf episodes. Eh, you don't want that Empire. <laughs> Audio <episode>. quality's bad. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. Because you didn't... Uh, you know, let us know if there's any others so we can just kind of see what's what Ghost in the Machine is causing. Let's review Empire things. really quick. It was very good. Yeah, Empire's <laughs> the best movie we've probably ever done on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Teen Wolf, fantastic for its time. Yeah, but as far as that goes, we have, what, nine people in the room or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that, that was, was uh, uh, if you've listened to the Star Wars and the Jedi one, it, it's all... And it's back whenever we had, like, the handheld mics that... Bad mics. You know, that people use at karaoke and stuff in like fact, that. In fact, I think our first iTunes review was by somebody who listened to those episodes. It was like... <laughs> Great podcast, but the audio quality sucks. Yeah. So we, we're off to a bad start. Yeah. But obviously, as you can hear now, the sultry tones from our voices, mm-hmm. crystal clear yeah. to the power of internet radio podcasting. Yes. Something like that. Yes. But anyway, next week in celebration of finally, something I never thought honestly would happen, a revival of Twin Peaks with pretty much 90% of the cast returning, we're going to cover Blue Velvet, the inspiration and pretty much the reason for Twin Peaks existing next week on the podcast. Our, I believe our first David Lynch film as well. I don't, I don't think we've ever done anything. That's crazy. David Lynch. So That's Probably true. Originally, I had planned to do an entire David Lynch month leading up to it, but we got on, I got on the science kick and like, mm-hmm. wait a second, weird science came out. Wait, my science project. That was coming at the same time. So when it, we had an impromptu science mini marathon going yeah. on here at 80s Revisited. So. Dune or Elephant Man would have been the only other two. I want to do all three. I mean, I promised Dune for the longest time because I love Dune. Dune's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Spoiler for that podcast. 
<laughs> Although Albert Smithy, quote unquote, Albert Smithy directed uh, Dune because Lynch took his name off of it, but he directed it. Right, yeah. I'm so, looking uh, at writer's credits. And, you know, unfortunately, well, actually, I want to save that for next week because that's when we're actually talking about David Lynch. So next week, everybody, Blue Velvet. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, don't read anything about it. Just watch it. Blue Velvet? Yeah. I didn't read anything about it. <laughs> Look forward to hearing what you guys say. And for me, it's just a few minutes. For you people, it's next week. So, <laughs> But until then, I remain... Trey, oh, sorry, sorry, hold on, a little bit ahead of myself. If you need to let us know anything, if you mm. want to send us an email, like Pete and Ben, uh, at uh, 80sVisit at gmail.com, at 80sVisit on Twitter. I've, I've forgotten about having a Twitter again because I don't right. check it every day. Uh, so I, that's a, I'm a work in progress on Twitter. Tweet us and Ben he'll yeah, actually get on. Because Ben tweeted, like, <laughs> when's the new episode? Speaking of, uh, as you heard in the intro, just to remind you, we're going to be recording on usually on the weekends now, most likely Sundays. So yeah. instead of the usual Thursday release, you're going to be looking more at a Sunday, Monday release. So you can get for it early reference. in the week. And that was a great idea, Jesse. You'll have it on, you know, start your week off right. Yeah, because you know? when people get to work on Monday or, you know, getting ready for work for Monday, they, uh, they look at the latest, what latest yeah. episode coming. Well, we're back on Thursday. So yeah. we're not they probably already top of their to. list. You know, yeah, but, but then also, I mean, I can't it. tell you, Jesse, how many times I've been walking through the streets of Baton Rouge and people have stopped me and said, man, you know, I really wish you, I had something to pick me up on Monday. And, I, <laughs> you know, uh, I've already listened to all the episodes four times, yeah. you know, so what can you do to help? Well, that's what we're doing it. Yeah. You know, it's, I either say it's that fun. or I say, leave me alone. Yeah. Get, get the <laughs> fuck away from me, freak. <laughs> yeah. Ten feet, bro. Why am I walking <laughs> down the street in this town anyway? I'm just kidding. I don't walk <laughs> on the street. My driver carries me around everywhere. All right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, so multiple ways to reach us. Let us know what you think. Leave a review on iTunes. And two quick shout-outs, of course, as always, to our good friends near and far, John and James with Now Versus Nostalgia and Lafayette, and our friend Ben in Tasmania with the Asia Mania podcast, who keeps cranking them out like clockwork. Mm-hmm. So, again, Blue Velvet's next week, everybody. Uh, and until then, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.